Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. I'm Mark Regner. This is episode 126. And as always, the Red and White Authority is presented by Labatt Blue. It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings. Hey, you know, summer's winding down, and you know, there's a little more vacation time left before you have to hit yep, the grind of everyday work. But what better way to toast out the summer and bring in the fall with a nice, ice-cold, frothy Labatt Blue. But we always ask that you drink our premium beer responsibly. With that said, let's bring in uh, our guest on episode 126 of the Red and White Authority, Red Wing defenseman Danny DeKaiser. Danny, thank you for doing this. Really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, Art. Uh, um, appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate you know, well, you know, last year we, we did this uh, from a park, and we also Facebook-lived it, and I want you to see it because no one believes me, uh, a park in Gross Point, that was not your backyard, right? Correct. Yes, that was not my backyard. It'd be that'd be a nice backyard. <laughs> yeah, it would be. It would it, be it's wonderful. Not mine, so. Yeah, you, you'd have several docks and several boats. But, right. Uh, okay. So okay. Now that we've cleared that out of the way, first of all, I want to congratulate you on going back to school and getting your degree from Western Michigan. I know after every practice, uh, you're always in your Red Wing Western Michigan College hat, and uh, I know that you're a proud Bronco. You don't remember, but I remember covering you as a Bronco. Um, when I used to do a lot of the old CCHA games. And I, why was it important for you to go back? I just think I was so close um, to finishing up that I just wanted to get it done with. And, and when, I left, uh, when I left school early, it was something that I had in, in my mind that I knew that I, eventually I wanted to finish up. You know, I would have liked to finish, you know, a couple years earlier, but um, I kind of just got out of it for a bit, and it took me a while to, to actually get back into it and get the mindset back of, of doing schoolwork. Uh, I know it's difficult, and when you're a Division One athlete and you're in school and you have to manage everything, can you describe to people that don't know that, you know, because college is hard for anybody, really. I mean, if you really want to apply yourself, then you really have to, you know, work and become disciplined. How difficult is it to try to balance the books and, uh, and hockey? It was, it was tough at times. Um, I mean, I was doing a lot of the work on the road um, in the hotels, um, you know, when, when we were traveling and that kind of thing because it, it gave me more time with the family at home and my, my daughter who was, you know, she's only a year and a half now, so she was the last year pretty young. So um, she required a lot of attention, um, obviously still does. So, um, you know, at times it was tough, but um, it's, it's kind of a rewarding feeling getting through it and, and being finished up. You know, several years teammates have done essentially the same thing if they hadn't graduated that played college hockey and there's a lot of Red Wings that did uh were they encouraging or were they getting down on you to like hey come on Danny D you've got to get that degree (laughs) um yeah no I mean nobody nobody really talked about it too much um I I I talked to um, Abby about it uh, Justin and uh he had he had finished his up a few years ago and I remember I remember when he got his uh degree and it was I thought it was pretty cool so um you know I thought it'd be a good feeling to to get mine done good accomplishment you know a personal question you don't have to answer it how much becoming a father me almost compelled you that I got to go back and finish yeah I I think I think definitely that was part of it because uh you know when when my daughter's older I can you know push her to to make sure that you know hopefully she gets the highest uh schooling that she can get and you know that'll be um something I'll emphasize, but, you know, I'll also say, hey, look, you know, I, it took me a while, but I got mine done. You know, you're probably halfway through your career maybe at this point. I'm kind of curious, have you thought about life after hockey? And, 
you know, and, and, you know, your degree, I mean, is that something that, uh, you know, what your degree's in, are you going to pursue that, or do you, you know, a guy like you probably has a lot of opportunities, not only being a Red Wing, but also being from Detroit. Right, yeah, uh, for sure. I think when I was in school, um, my, my uh, you know, I was going for a, a criminal justice and a public relations degree, um, so I, I, for me to follow through with that, I would have had to go back to campus and do, you know, some classes on campus, and I just looked at it re uh, realistically, and that wasn't probably going to be an option for me. Right. So, um, you know, the general studies degree was something that if I were going to finish, that's what it was going to be in. So um, that was basically my, my option, and that's what I went with. But, I mean, as far as after hockey, you know, I, I don't – I always think about things. Uh, I throw ideas around and stuff like that. But I think having the degree keeps options open and, um, you know, maybe coaching somewhere along the line might be something I might be interested in as well. So – like I said, it just keeps options open. You know, what's interesting about a general studies degree is is that you almost pick three concentrations to take upper division courses if it's if it's similar to the one that's at the University of Michigan, uh, and I'm sure it probably is, uh, which actually does give you more options. I mean, that, that it kind of keeps you well rounded instead of focusing in on one thing where maybe somewhere down the line you know, you find out, hey, that really isn't for me. I mean, you, 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 so the door is kind of wide open, I mean, which that degree allows you to, to, to pursue virtually anything you want. Yeah, yeah, like you said, there, you know, it's not just um, one concentration on any type of thing. It's kind of, uh, you know, more, more widespread and, and spread out into different areas. So um, I think that was good, too. I remember, you know, I had a math class, um, I think it was in the fall, last fall, that, that thing was that thing was a bear you know it, that took all my effort to to get through on that one that was a tough one and uh you know but I also had some other some other good nutrition courses and stuff like that that um it just keeps you up up to date on learning and um keeps you you know involved on you know some some new aspects of things that are going on in life right now you know you mentioned coaching as you become more of a veteran in the NHL obviously the experience you pick up things you know we learn every day uh, is this something relatively new? Or have you been thinking about maybe I should pursue coaching uh, and, and get a little bit more into it? Not that you know you walk in on film sessions with Blash and his staff, but you know something like because obviously you, you're you know you know Jeff Flashel. I mean, right. coaching college. I mean, yeah. so certainly if somebody could give you some pointers, it would be him. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I've I've known Blash a long time. Obviously, a lot longer than um, you know his time just here in Detroit. Uh, we go back further than that, but you know, um, I I always like to. Coaches growing up, I always kind of like to just you know see how they how they act and what kind of things they do and just you know pinpoint little things here or there certain things that they do um, and I think with a lot of coaches just you know being personable and is, is something that's important and you know having your players backs and stuff like that so um, I just try to pick up things like that if I ever do become a coach and uh, one of the big things was uh, when Tony Granato was here, you know, he's at uh, head coach of Wisconsin right. now. So he was the assistant, you know, four or five years ago here. He ran the D and Tony was a great guy, very personable. And um, I saw when he uh, got the job at Wisconsin, he didn't, he didn't um, finish his degree fully, uh, his college degree. So they, you know, they made him finish up to be the head coach there. So. I kind of saw that. That was a little bit of motivation for myself, too. So, you know, if I'm ever a college coach, I'm, I'm good to go. You know, I'm not kicking Andy Murray out the door, but do you see yourself returning to the Kalamazoo and being the Broncos <laughs> head man? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that's, I don't know, that's some down-the-road thought. I don't know. 
But um, it just, like I said, it, it lets me keep my options open. If that's something that comes up, it'd be pretty cool. You know, uh, you, know you talked about, you know, being a coach and from, from when you were a little player or a little, you know, midget might and all that kind of stuff, kind of watching coaches and how they strategize. Uh, the Red Wings are in a position with the blue line where – Sooner or later, more sooner probably than later, you're going to be the elder statesman on that blue line. Uh, do you look at yourself as more of a coach on the ice now? Are you more vocal? Have you evolved from being, you know, the, 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 the raw rookie who came out of Western Michigan, helped the Red Wings to a playoff berth, have progressed nicely throughout your career? I know the injury set you back a little bit, but, you know, do you look at it now and think, okay, I'm older, I understand the game, I know my blue line's going to get younger here. We're, uh, you know, they're going to be turning to me to, yeah. to guy. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Obviously, we have, um, you know, some older veteran D on the team. And, I mean, you never know how long guys are going to play. So, uh, if I am in a spot where, you know, I'm one of the or the oldest, you know, defenseman on the team, um, for sure I would, I would, yeah, take it upon myself. Just to, the, the one thing I, I like to do is to just try to make guys feel comfortable out there because, um, you know, a lot of these young kids are so skilled nowadays and, um, they're ready to play, but but um, you know making them feel comfortable on the ice would be something that helps them uh, you know just get out there and play a lot better and play their game. Were you communicating more last year? I mean, your defensive partners mostly because of injury changed a lot, so you did have uh, a rotation of younger players kind of in and out of the lineup. I mean, was that yeah. you know was is that difficult on you? Do you have to be more aware, or is it just kind of come with the territory? I think it kind of comes with the territory. Um, you know, the longer you play with somebody, you, you kind of just know their tendencies and you kind of just read off of each other without really knowing, without having to hear anything. You can just read what they're doing and, and, and play off of them that way. But, um, you know, when you're playing with a new guy, I think communication is key. you got to make sure you're on the same page, every face-off, um, every line rush, stuff like that. So um, definitely when you're playing with a new guy, communication is, is helps a lot out there. You know, what what goes on when you're communicating? The game is so fast. I mean, is it mostly most of the communication take place during faceoffs? You know, in between faceoffs, or is it? Or are you able to really communicate pretty well in a game that is fluid? As I said, it's always in motion. The puck does crazy things. I mean, is it difficult to communicate as the game is going on? I mean, the game's so fast nowadays where, yeah, sometimes it can be difficult. Um, but, I mean, obviously, you know, with that speed of the game, it's got to just be simple stuff like, you know, bump, over, you know, up, rim, chip, stuff like that. It's, it's usually just, just one one word or something to over to your partner, you know, let him know he's got time, something like that. So you're, um, that you're, helps out a lot. Right. So you're, you're just basically trying to communicate and tell them what to do with the puck. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to, you know helping out when he's got the puck, um, you know, reading guys away from the puck, you know, maybe letting them know there's somebody on the weak side. And then uh, most of the communi communication will be um, after the shift on the bench. You know, Dominic Hasek was famous for screaming at his defenseman constantly, which used to, like, make everybody laugh because, number one, they couldn't understand him. And, and number two, all he kept saying was, Masi, Masi, which they weren't sure what that meant, but he was saying, must see, meaning must see the puck. How it, it you know is Jimmy a talker? Is Bernier have goal, have goalies? You know, do do they try to communicate with you fellas? Yeah, yeah, the the goalies do for sure. Um, you know, I mean they're they're always pretty much facing up the ice. Obviously, if they're in the net, so when we're going back for pucks, 
um, they're our eyes and, and sometimes they help us out back there and just let us know, you know, where to move the puck or there's not always, there's not always time to, to look and try to make a play. Sometimes you just got to hear what, what guys tell you out there and try to make that play. But yeah, the other, um, Howie and Bernie, you know, they're great back there. They help us out whenever they can. When you look at, uh, at where the Red Wings are at right now, I know everybody's disappointed having made the playoffs three years in a row after a, a string of 25 consecutive uh, uh, seasons of making the playoffs. But when you look at this team and, you know, being objective, you know, certainly up front, it, uh, uh, there seems to be a nice core group. And if, and if Dylan Larkin and Anthony Mantha and Tyler Bertuzzi can become a definitive number one line, uh, that would really help the team out uh, immeasurably. I guess my question to you is, is you're a top pair defenseman on this team. You play against the number one lines in the NHL. Have you seen enough from those youngsters? God, I can't believe I'm saying youngsters, but from those young men to, you know, think that, boy, you know, we're getting a semblance of being on our way back, especially if that first line gels. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think so. I think if you look at what they, you know, what they did down the stretch towards the end of last season, um, you know, I, I thought it was a pretty impressive run that they went on. They they played together and they were they were scoring left and right. And um, you know, sometimes it's not always going to come that easy. And there, you know, there's going to be some dry spells in there. But um, with with the skill that they have and the speed that that line has um, and the size in Mantha, I mean, that's you know it could be a really tough line to deal with. And um, if they just keep getting better and better, you know, that's going to do nothing but help our team. When, what's it like to go up against the best players in the league, the number one? I mean, do you psych yourself uh, up, you know, before? Do you realize it? I mean, or, or do you, you know, I'm, I'm quoting all kinds of people here today for some reason, but Bobby Knight said, you know, the opponent doesn't beat you, the game beats you. Mm. You know, you might overthink it, or he said something to the effect. I'm probably paraphrasing him, but I mean, how is, how do you approach that? You know, when you go, uh, we're playing Boston. It's going to be that little pass, Marchand, and you know, Pasternak, and of course Bergeron, who's you know a great player in his own right. Do you look at it that way, or do you just say, I know what I need to do, or what we need to do to be successful? Yeah, it's more of a. Um... I would say I go into it saying like you know it's more of something that I need to do you know to to prepare. Um, at the same time, I you know I tell myself I you know for for some some big games or whatever if we're if we're playing a line that's hot or something I just tell myself to get dialed in because if not you know they're going to embarrass you out there. So um, there's so much skill and you know guys can shoot so well nowadays that you know you got to be dialed in out there and um, you got to be mentally focused. Um, to make sure you know you know what's going on all the time and where guys are at and there's some guys that try to sneak behind you stuff like that you know tendencies from being in the league for a while and, and that kind of thing how difficult is it for Nike I'm going to say Marchant because we, we were just talking about the, his line but for not to let them get under your skin or him to get under your skin I mean I I, I don't think you trash talk very much out on the ice I mean it just doesn't seem to be you know your, your nature which is fine but uh, I, I mean do you have to really sometimes just kind of bite your tongue Sometimes, yeah, because, I mean, with a guy like Marshan, you know he's going to try to, you know, get under your skin and he's going to try to get uh, get your temper up and, you know, he wants you to do something stupid out there and, you know, take a penalty or, or just put, put, you know, their team in a better position. So um, a lot of the time you got to try to ignore it and, you know, try to not listen to what he's saying and stuff like that. Um, at the same time, if, you know, certain guys get you fired up, sometimes it makes you play better too. So, um, you know, if there's a... a you know, a game where we're third game in four nights or something, it's kind of tough to get going. And, uh, you know, somebody gets you fired up, and sometimes it can be a good thing. 
you know, you, you don't get a lot of penalty minutes. I mean, playing defense, you certainly do get, you know, your fair share. I'm ever wondering if you're sitting there and let's say the game's out of hand, Red Wings are up 8-1, to one, is there somebody on the ice that you think, hey, I can get a five-minute elbowing penalty. I'm just going to clock this guy in the mouth or anything like that. I mean, do, 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 is, is there somebody like that? Do yeah. you feel that way? Or, or uh, you know, I know I'm kind of, you know, piggybacking on what I just asked you, but, you know, I mean, gosh, I, I mean, you know, would you see yourself eventually maybe doing that? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not definitely. so much a cheap shot, but a good, hard, clean, borderline cheap shot. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the only problem with those hits now is that they're so it's so hard to make a clean hit like that with with how fast the game is. Mm-hmm. And if a guy is cutting across the middle and you're trying to take his head off, it has to be a perfect hit. It has to be your, you know, you have to have your first of all, your elbow's got to be down, and you got to have your your shoulder down enough too and sometimes it depends on you know how tall the guy is too because if you if you put your shoulder in another guy's head you know that's head contact that's going to be you know a fine suspension or whatever so it, it, I mean it's so hard to make those big hits anymore uh, as clean as you want it to be that um, you know that's why part of the reason why some of those hits don't happen anymore. How different is the game now from when you broke in? It's definitely different I mean um, you know when I, when I one of the biggest things for me was when I first um, started you know a lot of the team's fourth lines were you know, big tough guys who, um, you know, maybe weren't the, the the greatest players, but you know they were energy guys. Right. And you know now the transition is to more skill and speed. And you know now teams roll four lines that have high end skill and everybody can score and and move the puck. So it's definitely you know the game has definitely gotten faster for sure. And um, you know just just in the player personnel, I think there's more skill in the game now too. Um. I want to turn our attention now this summer. I know the, the players have started to do informal workouts. These are unsupervised workouts. The Red Wings don't have anything to do, do with it, but they provide you ice, and you're at the Belfort Center with some of your teammates, some other NHLers who are from other, uh, on other different teams. The one thing that's always amazed me about hockey players, and maybe this is with all athletes, but you guys are so accessible, after game, you guys, during a game, you guys are beating the, you know, the stuffings out of each other. After game, as they're getting on their bus to leave, you guys, hey man, what's up? You know, you're shaking hands, you're talking to them. I, is you know, is that just part of being a hockey player, or it, it just seems the camaraderie? Because you know, I'm you know, Cam Fowler, you know, I know is you know, skates with you guys most of the time. You know, he's from here, and uh, you know, but then. You know, when the when, when the ducks or whatever are in town, I mean, boom, it's all business. I mean, is it difficult to separate that? Not really. I mean, I think, you know, it's just it's just one of those things where when you're on the ice, you know, you're just trying, you're doing everything you can to help your team out. So um, whether you got buddies on the other team or not, and, you know, guy, growing up, you've played with so many players that, you know, you know so many guys in the league by, you know, by the time you get here that through, through different paths or whatever, playing on different teams and stuff like that where – you have friends, you have buddies, but you know, I think everybody kind of knows when you're on the ice, it's it's all business. And then, if you want to have a beer with a guy after the game, you do that. Is it much easier to trash chalk your friend on the ice because you know some things about him that maybe he does not want? You know, not that you're going to reveal it publicly, but not even to bring it up. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Sometimes I definitely would say it's yeah, it's easier. You have more dirt on guys that you know for the most part. You know, so you, you know more more inside stuff on them. <laughs> have you have, have you ever done that? Um, yeah. I mean, from time you know from time to time, just kind of mess around with guys out there, try to get under their skin a little bit, and you know, for we're playing Nyquist, you know, this coming year, and we're playing. You know, obviously, he's on Columbus, Columbus now, yeah. so 
probably give him a few, you know, a few chirps about his time here or something like that. Just some of it's all in good fun, but you know, if the game gets heated, the game gets heated. I'll, you know, I'll throw something out there. Well, <laughs> well, I'd love to hear. It. You know, you should be mic'd up a game for Fox Sports Detroit. You want to see if I can have that work? work out? <laughs> whatever you want. Or, all right. Thank you, Danny. I appreciate that. Uh, just a couple of Detroit guys talking hockey here. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm real kind of curious about. What do you is are you just guys together right now just to you know keep your legs going you know get, start to work back in shape but but let's be honest I mean this is you know twenty four seven three sixty five I mean you, you yeah. know very rarely do you take a break these days that's how, what professional sports has evolved in but w- what are these um, unsupervised workouts like um, Yeah, like you said, basically it's just uh, to try to get a group of, a good group of players together and have a good skate out there um, you know obviously I think. We're heading up to, tra- uh, to Traverse City three weeks from today. So, you know, there's a lot of people that talk to me, and it'll be like end of July or early August, and, you know, they'll say, hey, when are you heading up to camp? And I'll tell them, you know, middle of September, and they're saying, well, you get, you know, quite a bit of time still. But realistically, you know, end of July, I'm on the ice four days a week and in the gym five days a week. So there really is not a whole lot of off time like a lot of people think. And um, I've been skating since, you know, the middle – portion of June towards the end of June somewhere in there so I've been on the ice now for two months and uh you know once training camp comes you got to be hitting the ice ready to go and not just getting back into it you know what's amazing about you is that you're in the gym five days a week you're you know you're working out you're a professional athlete yet you're the same weight today as you were when you were born why is that (laughs) (laughs) um yeah no i i'm just yeah just one of those guys that i really can't put any weight on and that's just the way it goes but um you know i from the start of the season till the end of the season i've done you know i do lose about 10 pounds or so so you know, from the end of the season last year, I put on about 10 pounds. But, you know, till the end of the season coming up, I'm, you know, it's just what I've done every year. It's, I'm sure it's going to – I try not to, to, to let it drop too much, but, you know, it's just going to happen with, with the uh, rigors of the schedule and the travel and all that. And it's just the way it is. You know, another rumor or speculation maybe a part on you know, the people that do what I do is is that you're the only Red Wing that can eat pizza. Is that true? <laughs> um. Or they would prefer it's, that. They, you know. Yeah, I think that's what they would prefer. Yeah, um, you know, Lisa, our nutritionist, does it. She does a really good job. Lisa McDonald. Um, yeah, Lisa McDonald. She she does a great job with us. And um, you know, for me, it's just about eating as many calories, as many good calories as I can. You know, it's obviously she gives us the old eighty um, twenty rule: eighty percent good stuff, and you know, twenty percent you can mix in some ice cream or you know something that gives you a little delight so I try to um, just eat as healthy as I can and um, eat as much as I can and try to keep as, as much weight as I can. Uh. You know I think last year you probably don't remember this conversation but I think I did quiz you about junk food and you do occasionally like the uh, the burger with a lot of stuff piled on it if I remember. Oh yeah. yeah yeah for sure yeah once in a while you know it's not very often but uh, once every few months or something I'll I like I, I love a good Five Guys burger. You know, it's, those are those are some really good burgers. Oh, you said it, not me. I right, right. I knew it was Five yeah, Guys. Yeah, you know, throw a double patty on there, just load it up with lettuce, tomato, onion, everything. So, it's it, it's good once in a while. Yeah. But 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 you, you but you're never but you don't put on weight. I mean, it, it yeah. is amazing. I've told you, you know, if you could bottle whatever your DNA or whatever is, you could make a fortune. <laughs> right. I know. Yeah. There's. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that that you know they wish they were in my shoes, but. Uh, 
this is, I guess it's just the way it goes sometimes. That's how your body is. Do you have any of your teammates ever say, hey, look, I'm, you know, I'm putting on a few pounds, Danny. What's the secret? Or <laughs> <laughs> No, nobody, no. I, I mean, everybody has their own thing, you know, so nobody's really said too much. No, really? All right. <laughs> maybe some of them should. I, yeah, I, maybe, I'm not yeah, going to, I'm not naming names. <laughs> <laughs> um, last year, you had a great year. You led the Red Wings in, uh, in, in, in ice time at 21.58 a game. You had 20 points, five goals, 15 assists, plus two player, 39 penalty minutes, I believe. Um, I think a couple years ago, you had an ankle injury that you were told to stay off of. We thought, you know, everyone thought it was a bone bruise. Upon further examination, because it wasn't getting better and you were doing everything, you, you had a small bone break, I guess, in your ankle, which really set you back. It took you a long time when you came back. You know, I, you're like a minus 10 in three games or something. I know I'm exaggerating, but it took you a while. Once you got it going from the middle of coming back two years ago to where you are today, I think, you know, you've also had to deal with some injuries again. But um, that injury, and I'm not making excuses for you, I think we think because you're a professional athlete and you work out and that's all you do, you're still a human being. Did it really take you a long time to recover from that? I mean, because it was such a long process. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, you know, about two years ago now. But, um, you know, coming into that season, uh, that, that was a tough, uh, tough injury for me because coming into that season, I was ready to go. I felt good on the ice. And, um, you know, boom, I think it was three games into the season that happened. Um, you know, and then I think I missed the next next uh, six or seven weeks, something like that. Yeah, it was a long time. You know, by the you know by the, the at first you know that was just a bruise, and so I was on it for a couple of weeks, and then after a couple of weeks, they found out that it was you know there was a fracture in there. So then that was another four or five weeks. So it ended up being a long time, and um, you know, yeah, coming back from that, uh, I think any any type of lower body injury is hard to come back from. Um, you know, it, but it was. It was on, you know, on my ankle there, so I couldn't skate. I couldn't do anything for quite a long time. Um, and definitely, I definitely, I'll be the first to admit, I struggled big time, you know, when I first came back. Um, you know, but then, like you said, kind of after about 10, I don't know, 10, 15 games, something like that, I started to feel better, started getting going. And then towards the second half of the season, I thought I was, I was playing pretty well, um, you know, and then I thought I carried that into last year. And, um, you know, like you said, dealt with some stuff last year. Um, but coming into this year I'm, I'm trying to keep it rolling and um keep playing well you know I know we always hear I'm going to be real cliches here it's 90 percent mental that game but you know when you said I'm beginning to feel good I know you always have confidence and I know you know you're talented or else you wouldn't be in the National Hockey League but is that really it I mean when you're just not physically feeling well even though you try to mentally let it kind of click in uh isn't that the key? I mean, I, I know. I go back to, you know, Tyrone Wheatley said one time, they asked him if he was healthy. He said, man, I'm a football player. I'm never 100% healthy, you know. So I understand you deal with that all the time. But how important is it for you, for mind and body to be in sync? Because when you come back from an injury, it does take a while. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, you know, you definitely want to, you know, be in the in the best shape that you can be. Um, I think when I had that, when that it, coming back off of that foot injury, I don't think I was in very, I would say not very good game shape, you know what I mean? Missing that much time and that kind of stuff. So um, definitely it's something where you get out there, you don't feel good, you start to get scored on a few times, maybe your confidence starts to take a hit here or there, but then, um, you know, it's, I guess it's one of those things that you kind of got to battle through because, like you said, confidence is a funny thing. It can, it can flip like a switch. And, um, 
you know, once you start to get going again and start playing better, sometimes it's, you know, just about getting a good balance here or there and you start feeling better out there and both mentally and physically. You know, I, I, you know you're a great skater. You excel three-on-three. Three. You've scored game-winning overtime goals. Uh, I know the league can't be three-on-three three all the time, but why do you think you're so uh, so proficient uh, in overtime? Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, three-on-three three is just its so wide open. Um, I, I, what I try to do three-on-three three is I try to take care of our own end first, um, you know, because you want to have the puck, obviously, in three-on-three. Three. You see so many instances of whoever has, has the puck first ends up scoring um, because possession is huge and, and that, and um, you don't want to turn the puck over. So, you know, I just try to take care of our own end first, and when we get the puck, look, look to, um, you know, take opportunities because like I said there's so much open ice so if you beat a guy you know you a lot of times you get a good scoring chance and um, it's up to, up to you if you bury it or not but you have a great shot you really do it's accurate it's hard you know we see that three on three I know it's a different game five on five have you been encouraged or is one of your goals to put up bigger numbers because you're certainly capable of doing that yeah I, I would definitely like to um you know, I, I would really like to open it up more. Uh, at the same time, I know, you know, why I'm out there, if, especially if I'm playing against the other team's top line. I know, you know, what I'm out there supposed to be doing. So I try to try to keep a good balance of, um, you know, playing good defensively while chipping in offense. Um, you know, like you said, would I like to open it up and just, you know, just try to score every shift? Yeah, I really would. But, you know, it's important, I think, to have a good balance of, of – you know, playing well on both ends. You know, when you look at uh, you, your defensive partners and how it's going to shake out this year, we still don't know if uh, Nicholas Cromwell's coming back or not, or he hasn't officially announced. Uh, you know, speculation as we get closer to training camp uh, uh, is going to run rampant on that. Uh, I want to ask you about a few of the younger defensemen and just get your opinion on them or what you think about them, and then I'll, I'm going to ask you a little bit about Steve, and then I promise, I swear, I'm going to let you go because you're you're taking some time out as the days are dwindling here in the summer to be on the Red and White Authority. Um, how about Madison Bowie when he came over from Washington? Good buddy Nick Jensen, you know, obviously was traded for him, a guy that then general manager Ken Holland said, we almost drafted. We really, really liked him. He seemed to have a few growing pains, but as the season wore on, he seemed to get a comfort level. What do you, you know? What, what What do you think of his game? I mean, I think he's a great player. Um, you know, I think I agree with you. Like, you know, when you first come to a new team, I, it can be hard sometimes to um, you know figure out how the, how the team plays, how the guys play, stuff like that. So, um, you know, I'm sure at the beginning there was a few games that he would like to have been better in or whatever, but that's the way it goes sometimes with, with everybody. Um, you know, and then as the year went on, I thought he got more and more comfortable. Um, he, he, you know, certainly played good down the stretch towards the end of the season. And, um, you know, I, I know he wants to come into, into this season and, and have a good year and, um, you know, be even better than he was last year. Is the most difficult thing what you try to convey, and I know we've, we've kind of touched upon this earlier, but is – I think you know, young people are compelled that they want it all and they want it all right away, and they maybe tend to overindulge or overextend themselves. Are you constantly preaching, try to keep it simple? I mean, I know you want them to be comfortable, but do you have to amp them down almost? Sometimes. Um, you know, I mean, like I said, with any, any young defenseman, like I said, they're so skilled uh, nowadays, and they a lot of times want to get up in the play and, and join the rush and you know, score goals and that kind of thing. Um, where sometimes you do got to remind them that you know they got to play in, play in both ends of the ice and make sure that they're 
trying to take care of their own zone as much as possible. Um, because if, you know, like if you open it up too much and you're giving up too many chances, you know, your odds are that you're not going to win games. You know, I look at it, uh, you know, a, a guy like Philip Horanek who was sent down, was disappointed, then came up and was part of the lineup. You know, certainly there's a lot of responsibility on his shoulders. Maybe uh, down the road, and I'm certainly not kicking anybody off the team or, you know, and, you know, I, I hope, you know, everybody that's, every defenseman could play forever, but, you know, we know that's not going to happen. That maybe eventually you and him are going to be the one-two defenseman on this team, uh, not in the too distant future. Uh, you know, what do you think of his game? Were you impressed with what he was able to do? How he, you know, started the season here, went back, worked on his game, and then came back and looked like not a completely different player, but a better player? Yeah, I thought he had a great, you know, a great showing last year um, in the games that he played. I think he was up like the last half of the season or so. Um, obviously, going into the season, he he would have liked to make the team right out of training camp. Um, it didn't happen for him, so a lot of guys at that point would, you know, get maybe get down and, and kind of discouraged, maybe lose some confidence um, after having a good summer and coming in ready to play. But um, he just went down and. You know, improved his game and and did what he could, and he said to himself, "Hey, if you know, if I get another shot, and I'm just going to go out there and play." And that's exactly what he did, and he played really well. You know, uh, uh, another player, Dennis Chalowski, who actually made the team. I mean, you know, there's all kind of speculation who was going to, you know, which young defense were going to make the team last year. The consensus was, well, you know, Dennis is going to have to, you know, he's going to need a little seasoning in Grand Rapids. He's the one that actually makes it. You know, kind of struggled defensively, but was still among I think rookie leaders in power play goals for defensemen. Uh, where do you think Dennis's game is at? Um, I, I think, you know, he hit it spot on. He, he came in and he played really well um, the first half of the year that he was up with us last year. Um, and then, you know, when he got sent down, I think they told him to work on, work on some stuff in the, in the defensive zone um, and then be better in that aspect of the game because, you know, he's already got all the tools and all the skills to – to provide offense and, um, you know, help the guys up front. Um, but, you know, kind of like I mentioned earlier, sometimes you just got to shore up your own end, take care of that first, and, and then join the play. But um, so far from what I see out of him, he looks really good again this year. He looks stronger. Uh, he looks faster. You're shooting the puck well. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, I'm sure he's got a great chance of making the team. You know, I, I'm not going to sit here and play, you know, word association. So, But I wanted to ask you about Joe Hicketts. He was signed again by the Wings for two years. You know, you, you, you two on the ice together would be like the Mutt and Jeff of, uh, of, of the NHL. But, uh, boy, I'm really dating myself there. Look it up, kids. Google it. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I'm just kind of curious. You know, heart, soul, desire, he's all there. Um, I mean, I'm sure that's a guy maybe secretly that you're even rooting for. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's got, you know, obviously he's, he's not very big. And he's got a, a huge, plays with a huge heart out there. Um, you know, plays with tons of energy does whatever he needs to do out there to, to try to, um, you know, stay in the lineup and, and that sort of thing. So, he you know, he's one of those guys that you, you root for him because it's hard not to root for him. And, um, you know, I hope that, you know, this year pans out for him. Um, you know, I don't think I, – I don't know how everything's going to shake out or nothing like that. I don't think anybody really does it at this point. But, um, you know, like I said, he's, he's an easy guy to root for. You know, uh, I believe Mo Sider is here, the number one pick. Uh you know, I was there on draft day. He was, you know, his reaction is still maybe the best ever of someone who got drafted sixth overall and was, like, floored by it. Uh, have you seen enough of him to develop any kind of opinion about uh, about him as a player? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen him for, I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks now. We've been skating, so <clears throat> um, he looks like, you know, he's going to be a real player. Um, definitely has high-end skill. Definitely can skate. Definitely can move the puck. And, um, you know, like you said, it took him six overall, and you know, that's a high pick. So um, he looks like he's going to be a real player. Uh, I mean, his English is, you know, impeccable, really. I mean, have, have you tried to talk to him much? Has he asked you questions, or is he more still, you know, kind of has the, uh, you know, the deer-in-the-headlights look because he's, you know, he's in an NHL room. I know he's played professionally in Germany, but this is this is the big show. Right. Um, yeah, no, I've talked to him a little bit and uh, just kind of cracked a few jokes or whatever. But I'm like, like I said, try to make guys feel comfortable out there. But, uh, yeah, he's, like you said, he speaks good English, and, uh um, I'm sure as the, the more he's here, the more comfortable he'll get, and uh, you know that will allow him to just go out there and play. Have you found the humor of an American such as yourself compared to the humor of a German are different, or is it on the same plane? Uh, yeah, some, sometimes it's a little different, for sure. Um, especially with him, he's what's he, 18 years old? Yeah, right. So I'm, I'm 11 years older than now. I'm, I'm the old man here. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, some of the humor might be a little different for sure. Yeah, has anybody else? I know you. I know there's a lot of prospects. Uh, Joe Valeno blogs with us. Giovanni Smith is one of our uh, uh, prospect bloggers as well. That has stood out, or that you're impressed with, or you've said, "Geez, last year I knew so and so was a good player. Boy, has he really worked on his game." Yeah, I, uh, so far, I mean, I think um, you know, seeing Joe Valeno last year, um, you know, play some preseason games and practice with him and, and that sort of thing. You know, in the last week or so here, he's, he's looked like he's really improved his game. And uh, he's definitely looks like he's a little bit bigger, a little stronger. He's skating better out there, moving well. So, um, you know, if the, so far, obviously it's early and I haven't really seen everybody, but he would probably be a, a guy that I've seen, you know, definitely improve in the last year. Okay, let's look at it this year. Um, you know, it just seems that the Atlantic division is now being called the toughest in the NHL. Every team seems to improve. There's a lot of heavy hitters. You know, uh, Steve Eisman built a perennial powerhouse now in Tampa. I know that, you know, fortunately the Red Wings have been close, but have had, you know, that just seems to be the team that even when you had like a 5-1 lead last year, you, you know, unfortunately ended up losing the game, I think, 6-5 in overtime. But you look at this division, you look at where this team is at, uh, and I, I'm not going to ask you, oh, you're going to make the playoffs or not, but do you see marked improvement this year over last year? Yeah, I, I mean, I do so far. Um, and like I said, it's still early. You know, we haven't even gotten to training camp yet. But, um, you know, from the young guys that I see in here, I, I mentioned Valino. Um, you know, there's other guys. They'll see RV, Chalowski. Um, you mentioned, you know, Mo Sider, uh, the new draft pick coming in here. I mean, those guys look like they're – you know, if they if they if they're new, they look like you know, like cider looks really good. And if they've been here, they look like they've improved. So, um, I think that's the biggest thing is when you have younger guys who are coming up. As as long as they improve year after year, it's it's going to help your team. It's going to help push guys to be better. You know, I remember when Steve was given the job, Steve Eisman. I talked to you about being a Detroiter, and you know, you were kind of young when he was you know a star, but you weren't that young. And you said, "Oh no, I remember the St. Louis game and John Casey and all that kind of stuff." I don't know if surreal is the proper word, but is it surreal or just odd that, you know, Steve Eisman is your boss now? Yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a little weird for sure because, you know, I obviously I watched him growing up and I watched him play, I watched him win cups, um, but, you know, the last, 
my playing career here in the NHL. He's always obviously pretty much been with Tampa, so mm-hmm. that um, that's how I know him as the the GM that you know built the the, the franchise down in Tampa up to what it is now. So um, it's it's definitely a, a change for sure. Um, not having Kenny here and having Stevie in here, but you know I think Stevie's going to do a great job and he's going to um, you know build this team to be something special. When he walks into the room maybe in one of those quiet moments, just, you know, like a general manager does, you know, or whatever, just kind of, hey, guys, what's up, or whatever. Will you have a picture or hockey card in your locker that you want him to sign? <laughs> no, I won't. I, I, I won't have that. Um, uh, Come on, I'm, I'm Danny. Just, no, yeah, I'm just a, a big believer in, uh, you know, work is work, and you keep other things separate. Would you at least ask him, Steve? I got something. Could you sign it? Maybe not for me. It's for it's for my daughter. She's a big fan. <laughs> I, yeah, maybe I, I could. She's... I guess pull that one. But uh, it's funny because he, he he came and watched me one time at Western when he was with Tampa, and um, we went out for for dinner or something after a game, and uh, we were just talking, and then we were done, and I had I brought a uh, a Red Wings hat with me. I said, Hey, Steve, will you sign this for me? And and of course he did. And he, you know he's he's just a really nice guy and a great guy and. Um, it was just funny, me, a young college kid, and uh, having dinner with Steve Eisman and just pulling a hat out at the end of dinner and him having no problem signing it. Yeah, what, have you had much interaction with him, or has he been pretty hands-off until actually this season officially begins? I haven't had any interaction with him. Um, you know, I'm, 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 I've heard some of the captains have and, and that sort of thing. So um, he's been, from what I see, pretty hands-off, and I'm guessing it'll be that way till the season starts. You know, when you when you look at it, uh, what's the best case scenario you think for the Red Wings this year? I mean, I know you're realistic. I mean, you know, I mean the team has a little ways to go, as we know. I mean, it, you know, every team does its retooling, and you know, it's uh, you know, you, you, this team was so good for so long, it was bound to happen. I think people are realistic, and I think actually the fan base is pretty realistic. What are your hopes and aspirations <clears throat> as uh, we're on the eve of training camp here? I mean, I would love to be knocking at the door of a playoff spot. Um, you mentioned earlier how the Atlantic division that we're in, you know, you got Tampa Bay, you got Boston, uh, you got Toronto, you got Florida, who's improved. Um, you got Montreal, who's always there, and, and they're doing well too. So uh, we definitely play in a tough division. Um, I would like, you know, to see us start to, um, you know, beat some of those teams more on a regular basis because um, I think if, if we're going to get into the playoffs, we got to win, win our division games and, um, obviously, we have a tough division, and I'd like to see us compete. Danny, I'm going to end it. I can go on, as you know, and uh, but there'll be plenty of time for that during the season, as long as you're not running and hiding from me in your Western hat. Oh, no, here he comes. Uh, but uh, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. I really enjoy talking to you. You know, being from here as well, you know how people in Detroit are. They, they love their own, and they follow you, and, you know, you're certainly a native son. So thanks for doing it. I wish you nothing but success. Okay. Thanks, Art. Appreciate it.